This is a George Sherman Media production. Episode four. That's almost a month of pods um, to the uh, Pitch Clock podcast. Um, I will uh, start it off. Uh, we'll just jump right into it. Um, the White Sox are one and nine in their last ten. Um, with a, I'll run through the stats here before Eric goes on a soapbox, or maybe he's just over it. But I wanted to get some stats in in their seven game losing streak, or they've seven games losing streak, and then. Their next four are against the Rays, and their next three after that are against the Twins, which followed up by the Reds, but regardless, that's a tough little <laughs> sketchy they got going. Uh, shut out twice by the Blue Jays. In the last seven days, they're batting uh, 150, 230 on base, 244 slugging for a 474 OPS, and they have 13 runs over the last six games. Yeah, um, I... <laughs> it, I don't even know what to say. I mean, we recorded Thursday of last week, and since then they have not won a game. Um, they got swept in Tampa, which, like, it's Tampa. You know, it's not, like, you know, unheard of to get swept by them. They're really good. But two of those games were winnable. Friday night we were up 7-5 for most of the game until Ronaldo Lopez comes in and gives up two home runs to to have the Rays walk it off. Um you know, we're, we we took them to extras on Saturday, lost in 10. And then since then, we've just gotten crushed a few times. And, like, I'm not even, like, I'm absolutely angry about it. But um, at a point, like, they're so pathetic that I'm kind of just laughing at them right now. Like, I can't even be mad because it's, like, so impressive how bad they are. Um, I think they legit might be the worst team in baseball history not to exaggerate or anything not to you know speak in hyperboles here but i don't know if they're going to win a game again i think they're going to go seven and 152 um i don't (laughs) they haven't scored in like 20 innings like they're legit they're legitimately like so pathetic like it's feeble to watch like i'm turning into frank the tank you know i'm just i'm screaming about him but like i'm not because i also don't care they're 20 whatever games into the season and they've lost me already. And I think that's a a pretty, uh, you know, equivalent feeling among the fan base. I think that's kind of a shared opinion. I think most people feel that way, you know, about the team. We all, they have such a diehard fan base and yet they just so act like they don't give a shit about them and they play like, you know, dog shit. And these are supposed to be the good years. And yet none of the prospects have panned out and we're getting injured all the time and they haven't made good moves and there's bad management. And so here we are, you know, on the back of a seven game losing streak um, in what's supposed to be a world series contending year, which like I put it in air quotes. Cause yeah. Yeah, you know, they're obviously they're barely, you know, not even a playoff contender at this point. So they're just pathetic and I'm over them, but like, it's just, it's, it shouldn't be that way um, in April. And somehow there's still like 130 games left, which is the worst part of this all because that means I have to watch, you know, watch them that many more times. Um, but they suck and they can't score. And the pitching some games is all right, but it doesn't matter because they can't score. So, um, yeah, everything's going great. 
Uh, I don't know if they're headed for another rebuild, which I think is very possible, uh, but or just going to keep trying to retool. I don't know what they're going to do, but at this point, it is clearly not working, and they suck, and they might be the worst team ever. I would love to see them play the A's so that the A's could beat us to just prove that we're the worst team. Yeah, that is, uh, I will say, very tough. And just pulling up their schedule, their little sketchy here. I mean, yeah, they don't get – the thing is, like, as I've said, like when you're going through a skid, it's like they don't have a break. It's That's mm-hmm. the thing about baseball is there's no, like, like the Bears, maybe they lose three weeks in a row. Like, regardless, you get a week in between, you kind of, like, can reset somewhat. But, like, baseball, it's like, wow, we got shut out. All right, wake up. Okay, we got shut out again. Wake up. Now we're – now the Rays are in and, town, and today, yeah, today we're facing McClanahan. So it's like we get shut out two days in a row, and then we have to face arguably the best pitcher in the American League. It's just going it's great. It's going great. Bump, That's yeah. the thing. It's like we suck, and also you said at least you got Cease uh, on the bump, though, right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> He'll give up no runs. Through. He'll give up a run or two through six innings, and then the bullpen will give up three more. We'll lose four or five nothing. Like, that's just what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, that's, the, that, that's like, the ironic part is we've been terrible, and also we've had this brutal schedule. But is the schedule brutal because we're terrible? Like, we played teams, and it's like, yeah, they win against us, but everyone wins against us. We just suck. So it's like, you know, the, the rare optimistic White Sox fan that's still out there, not me, don't get me wrong, <laughs> is like, yeah, the, you know, the schedule lightens up in May, which it does. You know, we haven't really played the Royals or the Tigers or, you know, any of the bad teams in the division yet, although we are the one of the bad teams in the division. But, you know, on top of playing like absolute shit, they're also playing these really good teams. And that definitely does not help. So I – at some point they're probably going to win again, I'd assume, you know. Um, but – it just it you, you watch the team and you're like I don't see how this team wins another game like they're just that pathetic right now. There's no heart. There's no like there's no passion. You know they're not playing for anything. It just feels like they're going through their bats because they have to, and it shows. You know that's what it looks like is they're just they're swinging because they have to be out there. There's no approach. There's no you know there's no mentality going up to the plate like all right I'm gonna take this the other way or I'm gonna you know try and see as many pitches as possible or whatever. Like there's no approach like that. They're just up there and taking hacks and swinging at everything. And most of the time, it's out of the zone. And that's how they got struck out 17 times yesterday because they're just swinging at everything. I mean, they had a game on Saturday against McClanahan because we played him two times in one week, which is sucks in the first place. But he was on pace to set the modern record for swings and misses in a game. Um, he had 35, I think, through his six innings. Um, which is the highest this season, like by far, like I think he broke up by like seven swings and misses. And I think the record is somewhere in the high thirties. So he was definitely on pace and they pulled him with like 85 pitches, which means if they just let him go seven innings, he absolutely would have broken that record. And that's the kind of team you're dealing with. They're just swinging at everything. There's no approach. There's no, you know, we're going to see this many pitches. We're going to lay off these many pitches, nothing like that. They're just going up there and swinging at everything. And as a result, they're scoring nothing. Because why would you give them anything good to hit when you know they'll just swing at crap, you know? So it's frustrating. Um, but, again, I'm kind of over it at this point. I mean, I clearly, you know, have stuff to say. But it's just like there's not much you can say. They're just so bad. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't even know what – like you said, there's, it, I'm speechless of how bad a team can be. Uh, I saw it's something so on Twitter yesterday where um, – like I think it was yesterday's game after like, or during the seventh inning, they had one ground out. All of them were just strikeouts. 
Yeah, I think it was 11 of the last 12 yeah, outs for that, strikeouts. That is insane. Tight. Love to see it. Um, <laughs> I know we talked about – I mean, uh, last podcast, I, I kind of said it. I, I feel like it was kind of a vibes thing. But, I mean, a week has passed. I think it's more just top to bottom. This is just a terrible franchise. I know it's – Maybe it's a bad Tony team. wasn't. Maybe Tony wasn't the uh, yeah, problem. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we're not going to be Tony Larusa apologists on this podcast. No. Oh no. That's not yeah, the case. yeah, I think the main. <laughs> no, I, well, I don't tend to offend guys who drunk, drunk, drink, drive, yeah, drive drunk. No. Holy shit! I think this podcast can disavow drunk driving. I, I think we'll take the stance on yeah, that. Yeah, I think yeah. We're very anti-drinking and driving. <laughs> yeah. But cool, no, yeah, I mean, well. No, go ahead. You know, Steven said it's a, it's a vibes team, and he's right about that. And we had such good vibes after 2020 when they were just coming out of sucking and going into competing, and you had Ricky Renteria as your manager. And listen, Ricky wasn't perfect, but Ricky at least got the boys to play hard. Ricky was Ricky's boys uh, don't quit, dude. Ricky's boys don't quit, and that was a real thing. They had these shitty teams when they were in the middle of the rebuild, you know, and they would – you know, have these crazy late inning rallies because he was able to just fire him up and get that vibe going. Like, hey, we can win this game. But then, and in twenty twenty, there was still some of that. They were missing some pieces, but you know, you got to build on that energy. You got to go forward with that same mindset. Like, hey, we can be in every game. But the problem is when they brought in Tony, he brought in the vibe of like we're expecting to win every game, which is not the right mentality. I think until you've proven anything. You got to still go out there like you're the underdog every night and be thirsty and be, you know, be be doing everything you can to try and scrap together wins. But you bring in Tony and it just totally kills those positive vibes because he's so energetic. And, and I agree, he's he wasn't the problem as clearly this season shows. But there were a lot of problems and he did not help. That was the thing. You know, you needed to bring in a manager who was going to come in and set this team straight. You know, manage all the egos, get the vibes, get the energy up. All that kind of stuff. You needed to bring in that right manager at the right time to be able to really elevate this team. And Tony was just not that guy. And now here we are in, you know, year technically four, I guess, of the competing window. And it's the third manager already. Like, there's got to be some consistency there. And, you know, it's just they brought in the wrong manager at the wrong time. And he was a problem on top of a bunch of other problems that I don't see getting solved anytime soon. So... It's great. It's going great over here on the south side. Um, nobody's going to be going to the games, and Jerry doesn't care. So it's great. But let's talk about the Cubs. They're better. Yeah, we'll just we'll each buy like two or three bleachers and brews tickets so we can get some cheap beers. But um, and that um, once we grow a little bit more, I think Better Help is like an easy slam dunk sponsor. That's just a segment <laughs> of if I've ever heard one, but. To move on to the north side and a bit more positivity, um, Cubbies winning a uh, series against the Padres. Don't hate it. Obviously dropping, you know, doing the weird thing where they beat the Dodgers uh, in L.A. and uh, lose the series to the Dodgers at home. But regardless, they had to come down. They weren't getting just meatball fastballs down the middle like they were against the A's. So overall, keep keeping the train moving. Love to see it. I don't. There's not too many stories I see from there, but uh, good vibes, good overall. And uh, Steven, thoughts? Dude, they're just playing great baseball right now. I think it's the exact opposite of what the Sox are doing. <laughs> no, I didn't want to you know, 
It's everything the Sox did in like twenty early twenty twenty one. It's everything I liked yeah. about watching mm-hmm. Sox baseball. There may not mm-hmm. be like the fu attitude that the Sox had, but in terms of like the energy and all that, like it's a electric factory. Yeah, and you know, mm-hmm. some might say this might be a fluke, and I might be on that train a little bit in the beginning, where you know this is early, this is April, it might be a fluke, but you know, just kind of looking at the stats, and everything, the Cubs are like top five in almost every you know, stat out there. I mean, I think we're first in, uh, in the NL for a run differential. Um, we have a pretty, I think we're pretty up there in, in terms of pitching, starting pitching ERA and stuff like that. So, I mean, they're playing great baseball. Um, and it's just, it, we're like, if you look at the opponents too, it's a, against good teams. I mean, we've won a series against the Padres, as you mentioned, the Rangers are a good team this year. Um, the A's. <laughs> The A's, the wagon. Mariners, I think Mariners are in there, <laughs> even though I think they're below 500. But, They've also yeah, had a slow but start. Yeah. Generally, they're a playoff team last year, so I'll take that. Um, mm-hmm. A team with expectations, yeah, we'll say. Just <laughs> overall good vibes, good feeling, just good baseball team right now. The crazy thing to me about the Cubs is they're doing so well, right? They're 14 and 10. That's a really good start through 24 games. They're like four games, they're three games back of the division leading Pirates. Like, what? I know yeah, I, I was... shouted them out, I think maybe two weeks ago on our podcast at the end. I was like, yeah, you know, shout out the Pirates. They're doing well. They're 18 and 8, the Pirates. They, they lead took a series. the NL. <laughs> they took a series from the Dodgers. Like, what? Who saw that coming? And, like, you can't say you saw that coming because no oh, one no saw one. that coming. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy how good the Pirates have been. Yeah, no, I have this here. They a league leading thirty seven stolen bases. A league they lead the NL in wins. Um, It's just, I mean, do we have like perhaps? I don't think they're necessarily as scrappy ball on ground balls as like the twenty fifteen Royals. Nor do I think they have the pitching of that. And Mm. um, that said, I mean, you just kind of look at uh, just the whole playoff picture. So we talked about the pirates, obviously Atlanta, that's not too big of a shocker. Um, you mm-hmm. could say the Mets have been, I'd say slightly below expectations. But, they'll be fine. Yeah. And then the mm-hmm. diamondbacks who are, you know, out of nowhere as well. Well, the whole NL West is shuffling, but to quickly mm-hmm. summarize the other ones, the rays, not, Entirely shocking, but how they got there. I have a point after I go through this whole thing. Uh, the Rangers, interesting. I mean, when you spend half a billion dollars in two years, you'd hope. I love it. And then the Twins. Interesting tidbit about the Twins. Uh, on the opposite side, they have two stolen bases, which I was thinking um, is very interesting. I don't know if they have necessarily the uh, lineup to run, and I think they don't want Byron Buxton stealing too many bags, and he's hurt, yeah. isn't he? That, uh, no, he's fine, but that's a big part of it. They're, they're not having bucks and steal. Because why would you? Why would you risk your injury, you know? Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're handing you stolen bases now, but, like, still, it's it was yeah. just shocking with how much, you know, st- stolen bases have increased. How fast like, he is. Yeah, but that um, said. Well, the, the Twins, the reason the Twins don't steal a lot of bases is because they're base, they don't have a ton of speed on their roster, and their base stealers are Michael A. Taylor and Nick Gordon. And both of those guys – all due respect, are not great hitters. They're not getting on base a ton, you know? And so it's like when you're two, basically you're two guys who can steal bases because they have a lot of really good players. They're just not fast. You know, that's just not how they're, 
how their team is built. So it makes sense. They don't have a ton of stolen bases. The thing that's impressed me about the uh, Twins, and I will fully take the hand up I was wrong in the offseason. I was doubting their starting pitching. Um, like they brought in Lopez, and obviously he was their big offseason addition. They got rid of Arise to do it, which also we could talk about Luis Arise too as a monster. But I, I just didn't believe in a rotation of, you know, Sonny Gray and uh, Pablo Lopez and Joe Ryan and Kenta Maeda. Like, I just thought you had a bunch of start, number three starting pitchers. You know, I didn't see a true ace on the roster. But, um, you know, Sonny Gray's leading the league in ERA. Pablo Lopez has been uh, an animal since they got him. And, you know, and Joe Ryan's looked really good this year. Kenta Maeda's even turning back the clocks on and looking pretty good. So, you know, shout out the Twins for for their pitching, um, which pains me to say as a Sox fan, but we're so irrelevant that who even cares? Um, and they brought in Joey Gallo, who I figured would have a bounce back here. I was hoping it was for the White Sox, but instead we signed the left-handed Nick Madrigal, Andrew Benintendi. Um, and... Joey Gallo's out there raking in Minnesota. So, you know, the Twins are doing really well, and I see it being sustainable for them, honestly. I, I, I like the way their team is built. No, but I will say Joey Gallo, you just know he would have, if he did sign with the White Sox, would have been like a 160 Awful. hitter. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because, every bat. Mm-hmm. yeah, when he goes to teams with, like, huge expectations, then he folds. Mm-hmm. Like And the, just when any free agent comes to the White Sox, they fold, so. It would have been a bad combo. Yeah, but um, I have a – this could be a super freezing cold take. Um, but Let's hear it. Um, I think could the – I mean, could the Rays be pretenders? Um, I still think with a 20-5 and five start, if they went 500 from now on, I think that's ni- a 90-game, a 90-win season, and I expect them to go above 500. But um, get me try to do mental math in my head. <laughs> uh, when they were twenty and three, they ba- that that basically means they had one hundred and forty games left. You figure half of that go five hundred seventy and three or seventy and seventy seventy plus twenty ninety. <laughs> yeah, whatever you know. Math. But um, regardless, um, you look at the race schedule, and you could argue that. They in the two like actually good teams the the Red Sox you could argue like they would be if you put them in any other division in baseball they'd probably be second or th- maybe third obviously mm-hmm. they're last in um, the NL East but um, you know against the Blue Jays and the Astros the Rays are two and four um, so you know it's just an interesting little case study because up until that point I mean obviously. We said they had a pretty weak schedule. I'm just pulling it up here. Um, the Tigers, Nats, A's, Red Sox, Blue Jays lost two or three, Reds, White Sox, and then two of three they lost to the Astros. I think especially at the end of next month, because at the end of May should be a pretty good litmus test for, you know, if they go like on a, if they keep it up and all that and are still well ahead of the division, I think June 1st is uh, when I will officially tip my cap to the Rays and pick them as division winners. So if not the Rays, who's your division winner from the East? Um, I think that one thing is depth will be tested. And I think in terms of uh, 
I say that now, but I mean, Judge and Stanton are like, and Stanton now is guaranteed to get hurt. Already has his hamstrings uh, have about a ten game life shelf life. So that's like the thing. I think. I mean, that's what I have mostly about all these other teams, like the Pirates. Like depth will be tested once we get into July, August, and all of that. So it's really like that's when teams like the Dodgers, and um, you know, the especially the Dodgers, I think, will come back and the Braves. The, yeah, Braves depth will show, mm-hmm. and uh, so I think they'll come back. But you know. I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one because if we're talking about depth i feel like the rays are like the poster child because they just bring up people that you've never heard of especially pitchers who just come up and like absolutely shove so it's like i feel like of all the teams who are well suited to like lose guys the rays are one of the top ones because they'll just pull out some guy you've never heard of before and or you trade know, he'll for throw a nobody and then it's or like, trade for a nobody and turn him into a superstar like i feel like of all the teams who are who are you know get, potentially gonna be hit with injuries i feel like the rays are one of the best suited for it you know and you figure they get glass now back at some point this year um you know i know he was still come back from tommy john i think he's projected to come back around may or june maybe i did um, forget but they lost, about that man they lost jeffrey springs for the year um and you know, they're bringing up Taj Bradley, who's looked really good in his first couple of starts. Like, Whatever they're just a pitching is. factory. They just bring up good pitchers. He's had, I think, two starts, and he's looked pretty good in both of them. Um, but, I, I like, when you said they were 2-4 and four against, like, the two good teams they've played, when you're, like, a good team, like a really good team, you know, you want to pretty much go 500 against the other good teams and then smoke the bad teams. That's what, yeah, no, you know, that's how you get a really good record. Yeah, so wins are wins. Not, like, that bad you know what i mean so it's like you got to take care of business against the teams who are like worse than you um and so i i wouldn't be too worried about the rays because they haven't looked like as dominant against the good teams that's to be expected you know they're gonna play good teams or they're gonna probably end up around 500 it's but if they keep pounding on the bad teams you know they'll then their record should still be juiced so yeah i they're still my division winner at this point um like you said the yankees are fragile and you know i don't love their pitching uh, I think the Blue Jays will be the team to watch out for in terms of taking the ALEs from the Yankees. I know they've looked pretty good to start the year, um, and I really like their lineup. It's bigger names in the Rays. doesn't mean they're better, but, you know, Matt Chapman's having a great season. Bo Bichette, Vladdy Jr., all those guys are, you know, going to rake. Um, their starting pitching worries me a little bit. Uh, Alec Manoa's not looked great to start the season. Jose Barrios is kind of batting practice at this point, <laughs> except for against the White Sox. Except he pits, you know, six goals against us, but everyone does that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, the yeah, the uh, pitch pitchers will be like the bat hitters for the A's. Like if you're a hitter, like the Cubs, they <laughs> right. go there to reset and have a good time, play beginner on mm-hmm. the show, and hit mm-hmm. nukes. Mm-hmm. If you know, uh, what the oh uh, yeah, the, you play the White Sox so that you know your pitchers get their confidence back. Exactly, exactly. But even still, I don't love their rotation. You know, Gosman's been pretty good this year, and even you say Kikuchi's having a big bounce back year, which is like good for him because he had a pretty bad last couple of years, I think. Um, so I know he had a big spring training, and so far he's translated that to the majors. Again, yesterday's star was against the White Sox, but he struck out like I think eight of us. So um, overall, they've had pretty good pitching from guys you wouldn't expect. But we'll see how that rotation evens out as the year goes along, but I'm always going to count on the Rays for good pitching. Like I'm just not going to expect any blow up starts from their pitch from their starters or their bullpen. Cause they're just a pitching factory, man. They have some devil magic that gets them production out of everyone they use. 
and I'm jealous. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm jealous of the Rays and their analytics development, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I wish that our team worked like theirs. Yeah. Do uh, I saw I was listening to Baseball is Dead. And they op- they opened up their phone lines to A's fans, and there was one lady who said that she's just following another team. I think she said she was following like the Yankees or the Rays, and I was like, yeah, if the A or if the Sox are gonna suck, then follow the uh, you know follow the Rays because they're Eastern, so their games will be on earlier, and mm-hmm. um, you know, so that would be. I'd say that's the move. I haven't seen too much Rays baseball besides the uh, immense amount of highlights that are coming through and a Rosarena killing it. So they hit a lot uh, of home runs. That's what I indeed, can say. Indeed, they uh, lead the league in homers, which is they sure do. I think they have like ten guys with above two or three home runs ready, which is insane. When they were still undefeated, they had a stat where they had hit as a team twenty nine home runs and had given up like twenty runs total, something ridiculous yeah. like that. And they hit a home run in their first 22 games of the season. Uh, I believe that continued. I, I don't know if that happened in this in their midweek series against the Astros, but I know throughout the White Sox series that reached 22. So they're a super fun team. I think if I had to pick another team to follow, I think I'm going to go with the Orioles just because I like how young they are. You know, it feels like, a, you know, an up-and-coming team. Um and I really like, you know, Adley Rushman and Felix Batista, their closer, walks out to the Omar whistle from the wire, which is dope. Um, and, yeah, they're they're a cool team. So I, it really pains me that this early in the season I already have to pick up a second team because my first team sucks so badly. But here we are. And as we speak, the White Sox just went down 3 nothing. So that's wraps. Um, the Rays are going to win tonight because <laughs> we're not scoring three runs. So... Oh, yeah, no shot. It's going great, everybody. It's going uh, great. George mentioned that uh, Baseball Dead is Dead opened up uh, a voicemail line for the A's. They also opened one for the White Sox. So if you're ever feeling uh, – I saw that. Yeah, oh, uh, so if you're ever <laughs> wow. feeling down, yeah, yeah, you got a voicemail thing. You can always voice your frustrations. <laughs> this is my voicemail. This is where I go to vent my frustrations. Yeah. It's like it's he was so listeners. pissed about it. He just we just started a pod. I mean, we started a we podcast did. before we knew how the White Sox season was going to go. But um, I was optimistic in episode one. I was like, "Yeah, we look." So was I. You that know? Yeah, like, yeah so great. There's another freezing cold take. <laughs> to, you know, the vibes were off with Tony, and now we're gonna, you know, turn the ship yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, that ship is going down, 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 down. You ever heard of the Titanic? That's the White Sox. Are you going right down now. with it or not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm a diehard. I'm never going to not root for the Sox. It's just so frustrating at this point. I think this is collectively the angriest the fan base has ever been for good reason. You know, because people did still have hope going into this season. You know, obviously last year was a piece of shit. But, um, you know, people were hopeful that the vibes would change and the guys who were terrible last year would be not terrible this year, which has not been the case. And so I think people were, you know, willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because we as a fan base have been tortured for a long, long time. You know, I mean, um, before the COVID season, we had made the playoffs last in 2008, um, which is a long time. I was nine. Um, Jerry Reinsdorf has owned the White Sox for 41 years, and they've been to the playoffs exactly seven times, which is pathetic. Um, And so we're kind of used to it. And we, you know, we've been through it with this team because they always suck. And so it was like, this is kind of the last chance. And it's like the expectations, you know, that kill you. Yeah, exactly. And they proved to us very early that 
this team is also god awful and not worth our time and attention. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually do anything about it this time. I they need to fire Rick Hahn, but I'll believe it when I see it at this point. Um, so yeah, I mean, other teams are way more fun. Baseball's way more fun when you're not a White Sox fan. I will tell you that right now. Like, if they're going to be bad, be enjoyable bad. You know, play high-scoring games and lose. Or make furious comebacks and fall a little short. Don't just, like, go down 5 nothing and then that's it. That's the game. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather be, like, a Red Sox fan. Like, they're not great, but they play in high-scoring games. They hit a lot of home runs. Like, they're a fun team to watch. Or a Cubs fan, even. You know, like, a team like that. Like, if you're going to be bad, at least be entertaining bad. Don't be – make me want to, you know, gouge my eyeballs out with a spoon bad. And that's where we're at right now. Indeed. Well, I think we'll uh, leave it at that with the White Sox, uh, mm-hmm. you know, until next week, obviously. But maybe at that point, you'll just have no- <laughs> feel nothing. But um, regardless, now we're moving on to the uh, inevitable Shohei Otani segment. And um, the uh, rumor mill is swirling that, um, one, Joe, there's a couple, Joe Madden does not think that the A's, um, or Jesus, Angels, Angels. have, uh, or the A's, have what it takes to re-sign Shohei Otani. I'm sure um, Joe Madden thinks that. Duh. And then people are swirling that the Padres could trade for Otani and void an extension for Juan Soto, Um, which is spicy, but um, the way Juan Soto's hitting right now at a 178 batting average, one. 339 on base, which is still like a semi-decent on base, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. 344 slugging for a 684 OPS. That puts him at the bottom third of the league in OPS. That's um, crazy. You know, that obviously I don't – that wasn't the point. This is Shohei Otani's segment. But it is, you know, Juan Soto is trash, and they've talked a lot about how the pitch clock might be affecting his kind of process. Um, So – but Get used I think, to it, man. Yeah. Otani to the Padres would be juicy. That would get me very excited in all mm-hmm. the right places. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think that would be a, a great move. I know I yeah. think any team that lands Shohei is obviously 10 times better already. Uh, my thing is, I don't know, like, we're, if we're talking trade, I don't know, do the Padres have enough to trade, like, in terms of, because I'm, I'm assuming Angels are going to want prospects. They'll figure it out. Hypothetical. Done. What if they gave Soto to the Angels? Do a little three-teamer? <laughs> if, yeah, or like if they're truly, you know, ditching Soto for Otani. What if they're just like, you know what? Let's ditch Soto for Otani. You know? That wouldn't make any sense, though. Because, Big piece. I mean, what, uh, Soto has his contract till what, next year? He's a year after Otani, right? Well, I think at the end of 25. Let me just confirm, Ski, unless you are – yeah, I'm looking at right now. Sense, he signed a. He was in arbitration. He's still he's in arbitration through next season, and then he's an unrestricted free agent after 2025, uh, 2024. Before 2024. I mean, regardless of Soto's disgusting start so far, he's going to be due for big money. Like no matter what, like he's proven himself already. He's going to be oh, due yeah. for big money, probably around just a little under uh, Shohei what he's at. So if I'm going to have to give away big money, I'm. I'm going to stick with Shohei. That's just my opinion. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't know if like uh, yeah. if they'd accept a Soto for Otani trade. 
Well, Soto and other pieces, not just Soto. But, you know, like, if you don't have the big prospects to acquire... For Soto. For <laughs> Soto. Yeah. Um, you know, a player in the majors. I don't know. I don't think they would do that, nor do I think they should. But at some point, you need to, you know, you need to have enough to trade for him. And I don't know what the Padres farm system is like, but it's definitely weaker than it was at this point before they got Juan Soto last year. So... It'd be interesting to see. I love that the Padres owner just says, fuck it, let's go for it. Um, I think there needs to be more of that in baseball, more owners like that, less owners Mm -hmm. like the A's owner, um, who just any talent comes through Oakland and he's shipping them off. Um, So I I respect that attitude. I think the Padres were one of my teams where in the off or where I was projecting he might go, you know, who might go after him in the offseason as just as a free agent. Um, Otani, that is. And so it would make a lot of sense for the Padres to do that. I think if Otani gets traded during the season, I think it's going to be the Dodgers because the Dodgers have the number two farm system in baseball, only behind, I believe, the Orioles are still number one. Um, And so the Dodgers are the kind of team where they have prospects still in the pipeline who are still really good and they have major league talent and they have a need for Otani. I mean, you know, they kind of been disappointing to start the season. Um, I mean, they're the Dodgers. They'll be fine. They'll figure it out. But as one of the, I think, most likely landing destinations for Otani just in free agency, I think it would make a ton of sense for him to go to the Dodgers at the trade deadline. And I think that's what's going to happen. That's going to be my prediction. And I know, super hot take, but I think he's going to end up going to uh, getting traded to the Dodgers just because, again, they have the farm system. They have the money. They have the infrastructure. He can actually go play in the playoffs there. He doesn't have to move like very far at least you know he stays in the same city he stay on the west coast and so i think the dodgers are gonna be the team that's gonna trade for him but it'll be interesting to see you know there's a lot of pressure on the angels now because this is you know if they, if they suck at the trade deadline which let's be honest is the angels they're probably gonna suck at the trade deadline they're gonna trade otani i think just because they're gonna want to get something back for him because he's clearly not gonna resign there um especially if they suck so, you know, I, I think I saw I think Passon reported that they were, you know, in no circumstance were the Angels gonna trade Otani, but that's now in April. Oh. So we'll see. We'll see what it looks like in July, you know, when they're thirteen games under five hundred and ten back of the division, you know, and the Dodgers come calling with their, you know, three of their top five prospects. We'll see what it looks like then. Yeah, um, but and... Otani's a freak, so he'll be good wherever he goes. Indeed, and like my semi-hot take of saying I think he signs wherever, if he gets traded to a team, I think he signs there. If I'm actually in on Otani, I think you, ha- I think your best chance, and I don't know if his agency or his camp, we'll call it, is telling him to wait till free agency regardless, but like if I was a team and like they were just like, hey, 350 base, incentives here so you can make you know five to six hundred million over the next 10 years like you know you have them in your system already you don't let them see free agency talk to other teams um i think if someone trades for them they'll probably it'd be like trade resign just like bing bong is my hot take but which i could easily see the dodgers doing because they just you know like Steve Cohen and like the Padres just kind of spend money because they'll get it. And I've always said, I think the majority of uh, major league teams could spend like the Dodgers and be okay. But um, that's neither here nor there. Coolio. Any other Shohei don't want to close 
I don't want to zip up Sho- Shohei's pants before we're done with him. Um, he almost did for the cycle. Uh, yeah. He was a home run short of the cycle. That's worth some saliva. <laughs> but he gave up, what, five runs to the A's? So, you know, watched. Oh. Fraud pitcher. It, it, uh, it brought his season ERA. <laughs> yeah. Is he? Yeah, he was at, like, point something before uh, yeah. today. So, you know, it's, it's crazy. Mid ones. Um, the crazy thing to me about Otani is his speed. Like, it, how are you that fast when you're also that amazing of a pitcher? You know, like hitting a triple today or the other day he beat out a ground Pitchers ball. Pitchers are athletes. The first baseman. But, like, <laughs> not Otani level athlete. I truly think Otani could play whatever sport he wanted and he would dominate in it. I mean, he's 6'4", 6'5", and he's yoked, and he's fast as fuck. And, like, he clearly picks up on stuff quickly. You know, like, he's experimenting with pitches during his starts, and they're, like, beautiful pitches. So I truly think, like, if the Panthers tonight drafted him number one overall, I think, like, as a DH prospect, I think within, like, two years he'd be an all-pro. I just – I'm that high on Shohei Otani just as an athlete in general, as a human specimen, like – which is a weird way to describe him, but um, I just I love Shohei Otani, and I would love to see him in the playoffs. So Dodgers, please um, get him the hell out of the Angels because uh, we need to see him play somewhere that matters. So I think that's Trout. all I got on Otani. Trout too. Just yeah, somehow right, make that out of work too. Yeah. Just like hey, here's a billion dollars in two <laughs> players, basically. Take them. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, um, I could definitely see Shohei Otani as like a tight end <laughs> for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and with that, now that you bring it up, our draft in the spirit of the NFL draft, we are going to be drafting, I believe it's one pitcher, one infielder, and one outfielder for um, to start our brand new team and who we build off of. And speaking of Shohei, the rule is that he is out because the, of mm-hmm. whoever got the first pick is uh, that would just was, be a, the too, clear too and obvious, obvious choice. Pick, yeah. Um, and because and we're not saying that about Mike Trout because that's not necessarily obvious. Mm-mm. But um, so so do we want to put a time limit on this? Like the next five years, the next ten years, the next you know well, one year? You're trying to build a winning window, so that's usually like five. Four to All five right, let's say five years. Though. That's fair. We'll go five. Um, I don't usually like to this? go first, so I think. Well, you haven't gone first yet, George. So this is your time. No, it's not. We'll go, Stephen. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> am I am I on the clock? You're uh, on the clock. Okay. Uh, with the first pick, I am gonna go. With Ronald the Cunha. Interesting. Oh, I that's think a good pick. That's a good not. pick. He's killing it so this far, year. So far, I mean, like you said, he's killing this year. I think he's hitting well over 300. He is close to a one up, one dot on the OPS. Um, but this is just a guy you want on your team. He's getting right into mm-hmm. his prime. Sure uh, he's a guy who hits for power mm-hmm. and also has that speed. He's a 40-40 guy. And um, I think this is someone that – would be he's leading the league in stolen bases. Uh, there's there's his speed mm-hmm. right there. Um, this is just a guy who is third in the league in batting average. Right? He's ridiculous. Someone you can <laughs> definitely build around. I'm going with Ronald Acuna. Mm-hmm. That's a great pick. I love that. 
Go ahead, Eric. Uh, okay, I will take. Ooh, this is a tough one because you know it's tempting to go with like a really young guy. There's some appeal to going for you know an older kind of player because it's only five years, you know. Um, but I'm gonna still lean younger, and I'm gonna go with a similar player to Steven. I'm gonna pick Julio Rodriguez. I'm gonna take J Rod because again, like. Like Acuna, I mean, he can do everything. He's probably not as he's not as good as Acuna yet, but I think he has a ceiling where he's his ceiling, like kind of is Acuna. You know, he could also be a forty forty guy. Um, he's elite in center field, and you know, he's just so charismatic. I love that about him. You know, like that's that's the guy I want to be the face of my team. Um, it's easy to rally around him. He's likable and he's a great player. On top of that, so my first take, uh, I'm going with Julio. All right, George, let me give you the sound. Oh, gosh. Um, gosh, I, like, hate myself for, like, thinking this way. Five years. Um, you know, if we're trying to win some ball games, you know, I'm Take just... Take I know where you're going. I hate myself, but did you have me going Garrett Cole? I, I, oh, now I, I had you going. Yeah, I was oh. like, just, I was like, with who are they Not picking? I like all. pitching, you know, have him mm-hmm. be the stable at the rotation, you know. He's a dork, but, you know, he he's dork. always. But he's know, a really good dork. You can pencil him in for, you know, six to seven innings a night. And um, a Nine quality starts usually on the table. And if the team around him is hitting, hitting some bombs or whatever, and he's. <laughs> chowing down on some bananas you see that video just rips no. a banana in half first off dork like psycho and then just they cut away and then they cut back to him and he's got like the whole thing in his mouth and you just hear uh oh uh, for pete's sake <laughs> i'm forgetting the uh, yankees guy but he's like wow michael yeah michael case is <laughs> like wow that's an unbelievable call <laughs> oh it's just amazing but so yeah i'm taking garrett cole solid stable guy on the top of the rotation good pick good pick all right steve you are up my friend (laughs) oh are we are we not doing snake okay uh all right this one i i'm gonna have to uh, ask you guys what you think about this i know he switched positions this season i'm going with and I already have an outfielder, but Fernando Tatis, infielder. I mean, I get you know. We'll I'll give it to you on the stipulation oh, it. that it's your team. <clears throat> yeah, right. Me. You can play well, him at short if you want. You didn't sign Xander Bogarts, you know. <laughs> like you have room at short. Right, right, right. That's a good uh, pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. Kind of like what Eric beast. said. Uh, with uh, Julio, no dignity. <laughs> Steven has no dignity. No class. Doesn't Steven loves steroids. About the game of baseball. Yeah. steroids. Listen, man, this guy is an electrifying <laughs> player. Probably want Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> asshole. Yeah, loser. Regularized freaking steroids. Um, no, um, I, yeah, I love oh, Fernando yeah. Tatis. I think he is a great player to uh, watch on the field. He's just so exciting, electrifying. Uh, this is just a guy you kind of want to root for. Obviously, we had he had some. You know, hiccups mm-hmm. around along the way. He needs to work on that. But he's young. But um, I think he's a major part mm-hmm. of growing the sport, and he's really good. So, 
You have Acuna and Tatis. That's such yeah. a likable team. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the crazy thing is Tatis is, you know, he's really not that old, and he's already had, you know, a 40 home run season under his belt. So it's like you're not, like, banging on potential like I am with J-Rod. Mm-hmm. Like, he's done it before. I mean, I guess, I, you know, J-Rod's done it too, but he's only 24, and he already has, you know, basically a top five MVP season under his belt. So that's a great pick. I love I love Tatis, and I love the pick. All right. Uh, is me back Thank on the you. clock? Indeed. Love it. <laughs> okay. Um, let's hope that's not a copyright thing. I don't think it is, but... Uh... No one cares. <laughs> um, with my pick, I'm going to go pitching here. Um, and there were a lot of ways I could have gone with this. You know, I had a few guys uh, off the top of my head. But in terms of youth and domination right now, there's one guy this season who's just been impressing me, and he impressed me when he first came out of the show last year. Damn. I'm going to go with Spencer Strider. <laughs> Spencer Strider is an animal. Did you? His, he almost took a perfect game into the eighth yesterday, or the other day, struck out 11. I think he struck out nine plus and nine starts in a row. Um, and it's his second year in the league, and he's already maybe the best pitcher in the National League at this year, at least. Um, and so I am taking him to hold down my rotation. Give me, you know, nine to 10 strikeouts every game for the next, every start for the next five years or so. Um, he's got a sexy mustache, you know, uh, and I think he's the perfect pitcher in like today's MLB in terms of high velocity and crazy spin rate and, and, you know, insane breaking pitches. They, uh, they interviewed Chipper Jones during his start on, I believe it was Monday that he started, maybe Tuesday. And Chipper said, uh, he would hit 200 in today's game because guys today have such nasty uh, second stuff. You know, everyone back in Chippers, they had – you either had a great fastball or a great off-speed pitch. Most people didn't have both. But now even your average pitcher has both. And I think, you know, nobody exemplifies having just an unbelievable arsenal of equally disgusting pitches as Spencer Strider right now. So I will gladly take him as my pitcher for my rotation – um, with his mustache leading us into the promised land. That's that's a solid pick. Um, one thing I will say though, what if he, what if there's this Braves curse going on? Because with the whole aces, I mean, um, what about three years ago, four years ago, their ace was Mike Soroka, no longer an ace. Mike and then Soroka, a couple yeah. years ago, it was Max Fried, <laughs> no longer their ace, and now we got Spencer Strider. Ah. Oh. I think Max Fried's yeah, still good, I, though. It may not be, you know, the ace, but he's still oh, yeah. a good pitcher. I'm, uh, it's kind of a little conspiracy. Who's the young guy they brought up? Tukey Tucson? <laughs> Tukey Tucson. Oh, true. Off the face of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know I don't think he was too. ever, like, their ace, but I think he was a highly touted guy that yeah. simply is bagging groceries <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. Better learn Chinese, buddy. You know, the Adam Silver yeah. meme. Um, even going back further with Braves aces, Julio Taylor, yeah. remember him, George, back in the day? Indeed. Yeah. Um, but that was before the, I think this Braves current, you know, front office and stuff like that. But no, I mean, I'm taking Strider. He's currently, um, he's currently second in the league in strikeouts. So the guy I think you should take, and he's, uh, sixth in the league in ERA at the moment. Um, again, at only, you know, just, the the young age of, hold on a sec. I'm looking up how old Spencer Strider is 24. So, you know, I got a young team. I got a unbelievably solid team. In 38 career starts, he's got a 2.52 ERA with 251 strikeouts in 164 innings. Um, so that's the kind of workhorse that I like and I need and who's going to win me some ball games. I like it. 
Um, so with this one, I think, you know, there might be some recency bias, but he's been pretty solid for a while. Um, I'm going to go with a discount Acuna Jr. for Randy Arozarena. Ooh. Ooh. Um, easy pick. I think he, you know, what is he, 26? Mm. He is 28. He's older than you think. But, yeah, he's older than you think. Yeah, that's true, but experience... I mean, for five years, that's his prime. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, I'll get four years of technical prime years, so I'm good with that. Um, you know, just hitting crap out of the ball. He's a, you know, lighter in the clubhouse, and I think that's, uh, you know, pretty uh, easy pick there, so that should round out my uh, outfield. Then I think he's a... I think he was in Gold Glove consideration, or if not, won it. Yeah, he's always been a pretty solid defender. I thought you were for outfielder. I thought you were going to go Aaron Judge. That's what I thought you were going to pick with your first pick. No, just I thought you were going to. I Judge. have a theory. He's older, that, like, but he's still Aaron Judge. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like me as like a fat dude or whatever, or there's no or whatever about it. Um, <laughs> like I just think like those just broad shoulders, huge guys down to the svelte waist. And all that, like, just don't last. Baseball's just too, like, sitting, doing nothing, and then explode of a sport. Like, Noah Syndergaard, see ya. Stanton can't stay healthy. Judge has had issues. He had a – I mean, He's been it's healthy always, last few years. He was healthy, yeah, last year, and then the year before, I think he had some here and there issues. Um, And that's not to say – a Rosarena isn't yoked or anything, but I think you know guys with a little bit of a little bit of chub on them are uh, pause. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, whatever Judge I'm trying to say, I yeah, Judge I has it. been yeah. not that reliable. A Rosarena, obviously, he's got less years in the league, but um, I like him. He's Randy fun to watch. Too. And the other thing about Randy is he might be the most clutch player in the league. Yeah. Um, yeah. That dude just absolutely turns up when it's a big game. So, you know, if your team makes the playoffs, which, you know, with Garrett Cole starting and Randy in the outfield, I think it will, um, you know Randy's going to pop off because, you know, when the lights are brightest, that's when Randy shines. I mean, yeah. we all remember his his catch in the WBC and just his general performance in the WBC or even the playoffs in the bubble, you know, the Mickey Mouse playoffs. He was unbelievable setting all kinds of records and stuff. So, yes. you Stealing know, when your team when makes the did. playoffs – yeah, yeah, that stealing was awesome. home when they're not um, covering third by twenty feet, so he can be a two feet mm-hmm. from the base. True, straight stole home. I love Randy. So uh, yeah, I like that pick a lot. Pick. Um, and Steven, you are back on the clock. Oh, uh, with my final pick, this I need a pitcher. pitcher. I know you alluded to him when you were picking Spencer Strider, and although he is my NL Cy Young favorite for the season i am not going with zach allen i am you're not I'm taking not, Gallen. i'm going That's with shane mcclanahan um Ooh, also a shane mcclanahan is Wagon. younger than gallon um <laughs> last year he basically led the al in all those uh all pitching stats i think um he's just a beast and i think he has good stuff and uh, I think he's just entering his prime, so I think he'll be a good pitcher for the next coming years. Is he a Rays merchant? That's the problem. That's All what these Rays I agents, just was thinking hurt. that. The second I pull, the Ra- <laughs> I pull a Rosarena from the Rays, or you pull McClanahan from the Rays, instant. 
that's an interesting theory. I'm actually nervous. I picked Mike Trout. I picked Mike Trout. <laughs> I, I, I totally know. forgot about that. Yeah, I will say this is only this is only Shane Mack's third season in the Bigs. I mean, I guess I took Strider. It's the second season, <laughs> I was but, but Shane Mack's a dog, so I, I don't I don't hate the pick at all. I, I, the other person I was thinking for pitching was Sandy Sandy Alcantara, um, mm-hmm. but I like Strider more at this point. And McClanahan's a great pick because he was on track to win the American League Sound last year, but then he kind of. He lost a little bit yeah. of steam toward the end of the, in the second half, you know. So he definitely needs to build up his cardio more to last the whole season. And they were talking about that in the Sox game when they played him on Saturday. They were talking about how he's, you know, he changed his workouts in the offseason and stuff like that to try and make it through more of the season. Because when he's on, he's the most dominant, probably lefty in the bigs, at least in terms of starting pitching. I know relieving Josh Hader is probably the most dominant lefty. Um, so that not a bad pick at all. You got a young team. You got uh, some star talent. And I can't, I can't knock or hate on it at all. I like yeah, the team a he's lot. He's like super young too, and so it just got me thinking. With like, he is. you know how we got like Verlander, Kershaw, and Scherzer all come up in the same years. I was just kind of thinking. I think mm-hmm. Strider's among them. I think McClanahan will be among them. So just kind of those two guys becoming the next mm-hmm. Scherzer or Verlander and Kershaw potentially. And. Your team um, is McClanahan's 25, Acuna's 25, and Tatis is 24. So you have a very young team. They're all around but the same age, too. So it's a it's a really good team. Yeah, And they're established. You're right. That's the other thing. It's like, you know, I took Julio, who's a little bit of an unknown at this point. I mean, he's not an unknown. He had an amazing season last year. But, you know, he's only done it once. So um, I like your picks, and I like your team. Um, and that makes me back on the clock with my infielder, mm, right? Yes. Indeed. All right, um, with my last pick, with my infielder, uh, I'm not taking someone that you would consider like a normal infield. Like, they don't play a normal infield position. Uh, it's, still a position in the in- <laughs> it's still a position in the infield. I'm taking Adley Rushman. I'm taking a- Adley mm. Rushman as my catcher. A catcher is still an infielder, I think, technically, right? Um, no, that, that to- you know, that's for I thought sure. you were going someone else. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, no, I don't, don't want to spoil George's pick, so tell me after. But I love Adley. Um, again, had like, you know, a, a five or six war season as a rookie. He's a switch hitter, which is really valuable to a team. He's an unbelievable defender. He's maybe the best defensive catcher in baseball, um, which is super valuable to a team. He'll handle my pitching staff, you know, and headlined by Spencer Strider. Uh, he'll throw out base runners, and he will absolutely rake from both sides of the plate. And again, it's another young guy who I know. Again, I've taken two guys through all three of my guys were rookies last year, which is a little risky when you think about it. But um, they're arguably the three best rookies last year, outside of maybe Michael Harris, um, who won the National League Rookie of the Year. But I, I love my three players. I'll take Adley in the infield, I'll take Julio in the outfield, and I'll take Strider as my pitcher, rounding it out. Lovely. Solid pick. Uh, thank you, thank you, George. Last up, and we will play this music one last time. Yeah, thank God. Um, I am going to go with the seemingly the infield, you know, um, stable of reliability and staying on the field. Um, in 
his since his rookie season, he has not played at least ninety percent of the games. Only once. Other than wow. that, he's played over 150 games and been a stud while he's at it. I'm going Manny Machado with my Good pick. pick. Just a, you know, can be a leader if you know young guys are getting out of hand like Manny Machado, or not. He can't talk to himself uh, <laughs> like Tatis that one time. Obviously, that was when they were scuffling, and that led to still even a worse downturn. But I think over. I mean. He had that one bad stretch with the Dodgers and, you know, maybe talking about Johnny Hustle and all that when he was on the Orioles. But I can understand not wanting to run your absolute nuts off when you're 60 and 100. So, um, you know, ever since that, the Dodgers. Yeah, ever since that time, maybe he was a little dirty player on the Dodgers or whatever. I, he's really uh, – I've enjoyed watching him play. And when he hits a bomb, it's uh, pretty dope. He's got a dope swing. So – It'll be a fun guy to watch every day. I'm sure him and Cole would never talk to each other. But um, <laughs> That'd be a weird dynamic between those two. I don't two. know if Cole talks to anyone on the Yankees. <laughs> that would be a weird dynamic with Manny yeah. and Cole. But um, takes, man. that's who I'm uh, going with. And uh, I like it. Aaron, Any honorable – yeah. Honorable mentions, um, obviously Aaron Judge, obviously Mike Trout. Aaron Judge and Mike um, Trout. The infielder I was thinking if I wasn't going to go with Adley, it was going to be Vladdy. I was going to go with Vladdy. I thought you were going to do something yeah, stupid um, and do like a shortstop Mookie Betts. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. <laughs> shortstop <laughs> Mookie Betts. I mean, Listen, shortstop um, Mookie's a dog. Yeah, you made that one plague. <laughs> um, but Mookie Betts is an honorable mention. Yeah, Mookie Betts is definitely an honorable mention. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, Zach Gallen, I think, are pretty obvious ones. Um, there's a ton of outfielders you could have gone with. I mean, before this season, I probably would have picked Soto, but given how he started this season, it's yeah. uh, I went for a different option there. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of great players you could have gone with. You could have picked any of the Braves guys, you know, outside of the ones that we did, you know, Riley or or uh, Albies. I probably wouldn't pick Albies, but Michael Harris, yeah. any of those kind of guys would have been would have been sick to have. I was, <laughs> <laughs> the worst player in baseball. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Loki infield pick Pete Alonso. Uh, Led league in home runs since he's been out. I just yeah. hate him. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of an, he's kind of annoying. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but in terms of consistency, you know what you're get? You're gonna get like forty bombs a year from him. No, um, yeah, I have no yeah. reason to. But it's just like he's a meatball. He's a meatball. Yeah. yeah. And so was <laughs> what is it? Christian Kirk. I saw him like running from second Alejandro on a double. Kirk. Alejandro, Alejandro Kirk. Oh my god. So I mean, I'm Christian in no Kirk's position to Jaguars. talk, but like Jesus. Um, <laughs> but I would say dark horse pick. Say there was a very bad economic recession, you know, and people are depressed. I'm going Nick Castellanos. A lot of tragedies mm. going on. That if there was some sort, like if it was the 2008 raking, housing yeah. crisis, just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. he, his best season yeah. was the COVID season. Shocker, shocker, <laughs> you know. So it makes sense. It plays to me. I like it. Indeed. Well, uh, gentlemen, any final thoughts? Uh, Dude, can the White Sox <laughs> win one game, please? Just win a game. Again, ever. But, hey, you know, positivity. We'll probably... I, bet, I bet they come back. Um, oh, you know... betting tip out there. If anyone wants to make money, bet whatever team they're playing in the spread. That they'll just guaranteed take to the bank. Take Rays minus one and a half. Take Twins minus one and a half. Minus one and a half. I think all baseball games are minus one and a half. They don't normally set the lines higher than that. 
because baseball. I guess that's true. But yeah, the White Sox, please win a game. Um, but that's my note. We'll probably come back, record next week, and they still won't have won. So we'll see. Gosh. If... Um, my final take that would is be uh, I'm not riding the Pirates hype yet. I'm not. Um, that's fair. That's I know fair. they're leading the NL, and they've been electric. And I'm happy for them, for sure, and happy for their fans. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at their schedule, man. They swept the Rockies. Garbage. Uh, they swept the Reds. Or I think they beat the Reds. Garbage. Other than this Dodgers uh, matchup series. Yeah, but I was going to say. Other than this Dodgers. Dodgers series, I mean, they, they've been. Uh, what did they do with the Astros? They lost that I know series. they played them recently. But they won one. They won one. Oh, did but they? But they lost the series. So the, most of the series they've won, they all, it's all been against, you know, pretty bad teams. Can only be who's in front I agree, of you. Though. I agree, but I'm not riding the but hype yet. I agree. I don't. I don't buy the Vince Velasquez, Rich Hill, yep. you know, tandem start the rotation. Dick Mountain, Cy, Dark Horse, Cy Young, eighty-seven year old Dick Mountain. <laughs> George, any last thoughts? Um, last final thoughts. Um, Rich, I super hot take. Rich Hill will you'll be able to bet on him for Cy Young at one point. Anyway, um, I mean, you probably I feel like Rich Hill's your icon in terms of like how you pitch, like uh, a big lefty who just I doesn't was throw more, very fast. Uh, I was more fastball changeup. He's more oh. huge curve. I think giant curve. Yeah. I was I was more Mark Burley. That's my goat. Yeah, Love sl- me some Mark very Burley. slow fastball changeup. Just put it wherever you want. Gold glove defender. You know, mm-hmm. model of consistency, attractiveness, and. You know, things like that. But final thoughts. Um, you know, I'm enjoying uh, this season of baseball. I'm looking forward to more of it. I do. Mm-hmm. I'm calling that the White Sox will be. They will beat the Rays in one of the four games, <laughs> and then they're going to take two of three from the Twins. Um, positivity is what we need. So that's what I'm going with. Um. And I'll end it at that. So, uh, to the Belgian folks again, <laughs> grazie. I'm just going to keep dancing around Belgium with the wrong languages. And, um, <laughs> gentlemen, I will see you when I see you. And, uh, goosey goosey. See you later. Bye. This is a George Sherman Media Production.